Safety climate is the measurable component of safety culture. We measure employees' share perceptions of company safety policies, procedures, and practices. It is about the overall importance and true or relative priority of safety at work. It has been widely and constantly shown that safety climate measures are robust indicators or leading indicators of occupational safety across industries. On today's episode of What's Work Got to Do With It, we will hear from our Institute's Safety Climate Lab led by Dr. Emily Huang Shenghuang. Then we'll be doing a roundtable discussion with two of Safety Climate Lab's research partners, Dale Lindstrom from DeWitt Construction and Demetra Starr from Fortis Construction, both organizations the Safety Climate team has recently worked with. Over the past 38 years, Dr. Emily Huang has been recognized as one of the most prolific authors in the safety climate field, with over 80 peer-reviewed journal articles, six book chapters, and more than 100 worldwide conference presentations. After receiving her PhD in Industrial Organizational Psychology and System Sciences from Portland State University, and before coming to the Institute, Dr. Emily Huang enjoyed 17 years with Liberty Mutual as a senior research scientist and the acting director for the Center for Behavioral Sciences, also known as the Organizational Safety Group. Her approach informs her research and consulting services to support employees' safety, health, and well-being. Safety Climate is a snapshot of an organization's perceived state of safety at a point in time. Across many industries, a positive safety climate is associated with fewer accidents, higher job satisfaction, less turnover, and greater worker well-being. By measuring safety climate, organizations can identify behaviors, beliefs, and values of workers and consider how the workplace can support positive safety and health decisions while managing productivity demands. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Emily Huang. We are very excited to learn more about safety climate today. And, you know, as somebody who is somewhat familiar with the area of safety climate and and learning more about your research the last couple of years, um, some of our listeners may not know uh, what the meaning of safety climate is. So can you start off by uh, telling our podcast listeners what does safety climate mean and why is it important? Thank you for having me, Helen. It's great to speak with you. Safety climate is the measurement of shared employee perceptions of how safety is valued within their organization as reflected by the organization's policies, procedures, and practices. It's important to get this measurement of how employees, the real feet on the ground, perceive safety. Top management can easily say we have the safest company, but employees working within the company, be it on the production floor or long-haul truck drivers, see how the policies, procedures, and practices are really playing out in the field. So why is it important? From scientific studies, safety climate is the best leading indicator for future injury and safety outcomes. Companies don't have to wait until accidents happen to know their workplace is not safe. They can use leading indicators such as a safety climate score to know whether their place is safe or not. So it's really kind of on the notion of safety and safety practices in general can be seen in different uh, lights on different levels of the organization. What I'm hearing is, of course, like anything with um, health outcomes, prevention is key in these indicators and really can help identify potentials for injuries and also identify unsafe working conditions. And, and, Mm -hmm. And also, 
what comes up a lot is the term of safety culture. And I know oftentimes I get confused and it's a very complex uh, area for sure. And, you know, hearing the term safety culture, um, what's the difference between safety, climate and uh, culture? Um, can you share a little bit about the difference across both of those terms? And, you know, let's say an employee is working out in the field or even on a construction site. Can you explain more about what the difference of those two terms are? I'm uh, really glad you brought this up. Yes, we heard the words climate and cultural you know, used interchangeably quite often. In fact, they describe two related but somewhat different concepts. The safety culture is often described as shared values and beliefs that interact with an organization's uh, structure and control systems to produce behavior norms. So all these words about sh uh, share value, core value, about norms. So you can you can tell you see this concept is very subjective, very conceptual. So on the other hand, safety climate is defined as a measurement of employees' perception of safety culture. So taking a snapshot of safety culture at the point in time. So if a company has good safety culture, really care about employee safety, set up good policy procedures, implement safety practices very well, and really set safety as a high priority. When measuring their employees' perception, the company will get good safety climate score. So for example, a construction company which has a good safety culture never sacrifice employee safety even when schedule is behind and company purchase and offer good PPE and safety equipment for employees to use, proactive about safety. In this case, when conducting safety climate survey, the company will have good score. So again, in general, the, the, we are kind of saying we use safety climate score as the indicators of the safety culture of the company. So Emily, what I'm hearing is just from summarizing what you have just indicated with, if you measure safety climate and you get it an indicator, a score for that, it essentially is an indicator of the safety culture of the organization. Yes. So I want to go into um, your research, Emily. You found pretty consistently in your research that when a company has a good safety climate, their employees tend to have a higher level of job satisfaction and job engagement, and even turnover rates are lower. Can you talk about this and why, why is this happening? One way to explain the relationship uh, is by using the social exchange theory. Safety climate is an important indicator, as we just uh, discussed, of the management commitment to workplace safety and concerns for employees' safety and well-being. So when the company has a good safety culture and climate, employees perceive this as beneficial to their own personal well-being. They are also more likely to reciprocate by engaging in safer behaviors, thereby reducing the occurrence of accidents and injuries. So if uh, employees feel they are treated well by their companies as evidenced by good safety culture, they feel they want to pay this back to the companies by staying longer. Again, this is a, what social exchange theory is about. In such a situation, a company will see lower turnover rate and higher levels of employee engagement. Our studies show that the impact of safety climate extends beyond typical safety outcomes. 
And I, I feel like that totally makes sense across, you know, any industry. And I always kind of refer back to total worker health and also like that supportive supervision and role modeling of safety practices and, and that kind of trickling down and impacting the employees and in turns, they're um, healthier, they have better mm-hmm. well-being and, and then that kind of equates to more yeah. happiness in the workplace, right? And um, exactly. I want to talk about how organizations can utilize safety climate research to improve and maintain their health and safety. Can you talk more about that piece? That's a great question and something I'm very passionate about. A safety climate score uh, is a snapshot of employees' perceptions at that moment of time, the moment they take the survey. It shows what the current safety status of the company, whether the company has a good or a bad score. If a company has a low score, it is very important that the company start making changes, start improving safety, and don't wait until accidents or disaster happen. It's important companies are proactive, not reactive. Furthermore, among a set of questions, there are different scores. There are high scores and low scores, which indicate where the company's strengths are and where the opportunities are in order to improve safety at their organization. Our lab's benchmark database allows companies to compare their scores to other companies in the same industry as well to see whether they stand. In addition, we encourage organizations and companies to do multiple safety climate assessments over time so they can see how and where they are improving. They can be in yardstick. And then, as I mentioned earlier, they can compare to the benchmark to other companies to see where they stand. So our team has recently published an article summarizing all the safety, cultural, and safety climate interventions published in the scientific literature. We will encourage companies to utilize these interventions to improve their safety. Wow, that's really interesting, Emily. I had no idea that you had a, a database to help companies compare scores, and um, that's I feel like something that is very innovative with all the research coming out with safety culture and climate becoming um, more and more readily available. You know, it's really great to see that there's this impact on companies wanting to get more involved in it. And it's great. It's it's been so wonderful to see your team work with so many different um, types of organizations. Um, and I and you've had the opportunity to work with a lot of different organizations throughout your career, and um, especially coming from Liberty Mutual and your experience there, and bringing that to the institute. So, what has you know? I always like to ask this question: What has been the most rewarding experience for you? And I'm sure there have been many challenges as well. So, what's been the most rewarding for you? And have you faced some challenges along the way doing the safety, climate, and culture work? I think uh, the most challenging situations have been the most rewarding by far. Often we are lucky to work with companies that have relatively high safety climate scores from the beginning and are motivated to improve. It is companies with the low safety climate scores that we most want to engage with and help make safety improvements. But it's challenging to go into that room of top management and safety leaders, leaderships, who again, with the best intentions, do think they are a good companies and tell them, you have work to do. Your score is low and your employees do not feel their safety is valued. And there's a lot of room for improvement. 
one trucking company I worked with had the lowest score in all of my experience. But after our feedback workshop, they were really engaged and were willing to recognize this issue and commit to change. So when companies engage and are willing to do the work, that is so rewarding. And that's exactly why I do the work I do. That is where we can make the most impact. Certainly, research that we do here at the Institute and at the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center, you know, we work with a, a wide range of organizations and industries. And a lot of the times you do need that top level management support and a champion in the workplace to really kind of the baby steps in towards, um, you know, engaging in something like this. But yeah, it, I do like how you emphasize the importance of um, having companies who might need the help reach out and participate but a lot of times it could be maybe they just simply don't know you know <laughs> something like this exists and that's why i love to hear about the work that you do and your team is disseminating this research and this information really well and continue to do so so um, we are excited to share more about the different research opportunities and consulting opportunities that we have and that kind of leads me into the next part of this interview um, so it would seem that a hard part of doing the work you do is recognizing that organizations kind of need that push and that change in their safety climate or also you know the least likely to seek help so what are your thoughts on that? And what are some small steps to helping them take that first step and make that meaningful change in their safety climate? Exactly. Those are the most challenging organizations to get opportunities to work with because they are less likely to seek out our services. And these companies in general also have fewer resources for safety and are largely focused on making profit. This is a tricky circumstances. It's hard to reach companies who are not wanting to change. One idea uh, is to help these companies seek additional resources. For example, uh, encouraging government, nonprofit foundations or association, or even insurance companies to provide funding and resources for these companies. Some safety, cultural and climate interventions are not costly. So more research is needed to develop low-cost, long-term impact interventions. As we know, the number one dimension of safety climate is the management's commitment. So one key step is to encourage managers to care about safety. For example, it may be useful to offer management training and offer scientific evidence of how important it is for the, to commit to safety. So if managers really committed to safety, many positive changes will happen, will follow. Yeah, and I think that is definitely number one. And as all of our intervention work here at the Institute in the center is um, really getting that, that management buy-in. And of course, time is a huge factor that we oftentimes hear. And I think that's one thing I appreciate about the safety climate surveys is the surveys take about what, 15 to 30 minutes? Um, 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, yeah. 15 to 20 minutes. So it's, it's not a large part of time, but of course we have to remember that um, well-being is really important for productivity. So last but not least, 
are there any current research and consulting opportunities available uh, to interested organizations from your team? And anything that um, you provide today, we will provi- we will link in our show notes to both your Safety Climate Lab page, explain where organizations can learn more about how they can partner with your team on consulting and research opportunities. Can you discuss more about some of the research and consulting opportunities you have right now? We are always on the go in our lab. As always, we are available to support organizations and companies with safety climate assessments in a consulting capacity. We have recently developed and are currently validating a COVID-19 safety climate scale to support organizations in their safety efforts to limit COVID-19 exposure and keep their employees safe. This assessment will soon be available in a consulting capacity. As for research, we are currently recruiting companies to participate free of cost in our Total Worker Health Climate Scale project. We are really excited about this project, especially as members of one of the NIOSH Center for Excellence in Total Worker Health. This climate scale will allow organizations to measure employees' perception of their holistic safety, health, and well-being. We recently posted a blog with the Institute that will have more information about this opportunity. And as always, we love the chance to speak with any organization to see how we can help them achieve their safety goals. People should always feel comfortable, reach out to us. We have a wonderful team that I'm really proud of. Yeah, and you should be. Your team has been wonderful to work with. and. We just wanted to thank you so much for taking time out of your day uh, to share this important research and consulting information on safety climate and about some of the opportunities that organizations can get involved with um, working with your team. And of course, thank you always for your important research in informing and keeping workplaces safe and healthy. And just to remind all our listeners, we will share all this great information on the Safety Climate Slabs, uh, both websites, they have a new LinkedIn page, um, as well as how you can um, get involved with working with their team. So thank you so much, Emily, for your time today. Thank you, Helen. If your organization is interested in optimizing their safety, you can email the lab at safetyclimate at ohsu.edu to learn more about participating in their research or for consultation on improving the safety, health, and well-being of your workplace. More information to connect and learn about the Safety Climate Lab will be provided in the show notes. For the next part of the Safety Climate Podcast, we will hear from two organizations, DeWitt Construction and Fortis Construction that have each worked with the safety climate team to implement safety climate assessments for their workplaces. These examples we use today are from construction, however safety climate can be applied across different industries that are looking for strategies to improve their safety practices and policies. Dale Lindstrom is a risk and safety manager at DeWitt Construction, a vertically integrated subcontractor specializing in structural foundation and excavation related services based in Vancouver, Washington. DeWitt partnered with the Safety Climate team, and we wanted to invite him to share the company's safety climate change experience. Our next guest, Demetra Starr, is a safety team leader for Fortis Construction, a general contractor based in Oregon, managing projects throughout the US, Europe, and Asia. Fortis engaged in safety climate assessments this January and has been involved in multiple workshops with their respective safety committee and leadership groups over the past few months. We have invited her to speak with us about her organization's experience throughout the process. 
So we appreciate you taking your time today um, to be on our podcast, Dale and Demetra, and essentially for giving us perspective on your experience working with the Safety Climate team. In terms of this interview, we'd like to ask each of you, we'll go through them one at a time, but feel free to uh, chime in if you feel like it's a kind of a part of a conversation that you would like to participate in. Let's go ahead and get started. So can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your roles within safety at each of your organizations? And I know they're critical positions and much needed in terms of um, improving safety and health in your workplace. So let's start with Dale. Sure. And in terms of my background, I've been in the risk and safety space for about 30, 35 years now. I started out with a company called Factory Mutual, which is a property insurer and specialized in fire protection loss control. And then eventually got into insurance brokerage and I've been in um, various capacities, professional capacities with a number of different industries, semiconductor, wind, aviation, helicopters, now construction of doing legal compliance, risk management and safety. Really got more involved in the safety aspects of organization during my time with the aviation company and then more specifically with DeWitt after joining the company about three years ago. I wear multiple hats, insurance, insurance brokerage, contract management, safety, and that's kind of the nature when you're working for a smaller company, you get involved in a lot of different things. That's where I've been professionally and on the safety aspects with this company, it's seeing how we want to evolve and improve upon our, our safety culture, which led to the whole safety climate initiative, and how we can bring safety more into our everyday discussions from project planning to project execution, and then how we learn from our lessons going forward. Great. Thanks so much for sharing that. And Demetra, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your role in safety at Fortis Construction? Sure. I'm about 21 years of experience in construction safety management. I've worked for mostly for general contractors. Started out my career with DPR Construction, general contractor in the Portland area. I had a brief uh, interlude in there where I did um, ergonomics research in a construction setting for the University of California, San Francisco. And then I've been with Fortis Construction, who's also a general contractor in the Portland area since um, 2007. Really have grown with Fortis. When I first started with them 13 years ago, uh, we had 44 employees. We have uh, 440 in the United States and another 200 overseas. So really been pretty fun being able to mold the, the safety culture and the, and the safety programs at, at Fortis. Before I started in construction safety, I have a, have a couple of master's degrees, one in biology and one in industrial hygiene, occupational safety. As we've grown, we have about 20 or so safety professionals and about 30 projects going in the United States right now. I really love to learn about how each person's track in their career has led them to where you are today. So that's great to hear about all the different roles and the hats that you've all worn uh, through the entirety of your career. And and especially both of you, because you kind of bring different perspectives on, um, you know, different uh, size of organizations in terms of safety climate. So I'm definitely excited to dig deeper into that portion of it. But of course, we have all been dealing with different types of stress and safety the last seven months um, of 2020. And we, we can't go without talking about during this time, uh, what is 
what has it been like in your safety roles during this pandemic? You know, we all had to adapt very quickly and think on our feet in terms of ensuring the safety of our workforce. What has it been like to be in your current roles? It has changed everything. Since March, it's been primarily what I focus on 24-7. We've had to be very flexible because early on, there was just so much information and it was changing almost day to day. Our, uh, our safety committee uh, immediately launched a, uh, an emergency task force to help uh, provide guidance and to sort of solve problems as we went along. And, and that, was, that was a pretty amazing uh, opportunity to, to watch people step up into, into leadership uh, with a complete unknown, um, having to navigate uh, all the information coming out of the CDC, FDA, World Health Organization, you know, the local Oregon Health Authority, and uh, put together some guidances and some processes and been like hands-on solutions of building hand-washing stations and, and trying to secure, you know, sanitizer and N95s and masks. And um, it's been a whirlwind. Um, on the safety side of it, it was really interesting, and I've, I've talked to several other general contractors, and they've noted the same thing. In terms of our typical day-to-day -day stuff, in terms of hearing about incidences or even having near misses on the job, those happened precipitously. Like, there was very, very few reports of stuff coming in uh, until July, and then July, it sort of came back to normal in terms of what we typically see. So, not sure what prompted that. We did have some job closures, but not enough that that I would have expected to see uh, a change in, in, in near misses. And that's definitely interesting to hear and why there was a decrease in um, kind of those work-related injuries. And, and Dale, how has it been in your role as in the safety world in terms of just the pandemic in general? How has that been adjusting for your workforce? Especially early on, there was just a flood of information with the governments, the CDC, um, general contractors, since we do a lot of work with general contractors, not only are we trying to decipher how the different state governments were approaching COVID, how the AGC, how CDC, how OSHA, but then how were each of our, our customers, the general contractor community, interpreting those standards. And I think we saw early on, there was a lot of information and it, it, it evolved. There was a quite a bit of evolution that took place from day one and two months into it. At least I feel that we're at a pretty good stable state now of where we need to be. How do we need to address the exposures of our workforce out in the field and doing construction work? I will say I think the construction industry as a whole did a pretty good job in trying to get in front of this and coming out with some standards for the AGC of how to approach this. It, it evolved a little bit as expected as we learned more about how the virus spread and how we can better protect our workforce. But I think in general, the contracting community recognizing that they need to be essential to be out in the workforce, to be able to see that these construction projects continued. We're pretty proactive in coming up with some pretty innovative uh, solutions of how to address exposure, particularly when it came time to bring uh, two or three or four people together within close proximity. At least now, I think we're in a pretty good, stable state. We know what we're getting into. There's a lot more consistency between the general contract community that we're dealing with. And I think finally getting buy-in from our workforce 
I found early on that even each company may have a certain standard when you start get right down to the general workforce. They have their own perception of what risk is and what that means to them personally with their family and how they were processing this information. So you could have one person that didn't feel that it was a concern at all, where you had the other person right next to him saying, I'm dang scared about this. And what are we doing about it? I think we're now at a maybe in some aspects, maybe too comfortable with where we're going. But again, I think we're on a much better um, platform consistency wise within our company and within the general contracting and construction community as a whole. Yeah, I think all of us, and especially in construction, has had to adapt quickly. And we were closely or part of a lot of our education and, and things like that with Organosha and just seeing them come out with standards and um, working on task forces and committees uh, together with some of our uh, institute members, as well as some of our partners. It's been great to see kind of the collaborative approach to try to ensure that our workforce is safe, especially during this time. And and you kind of ended your response with the perception of how your employees can, and in terms of safety, and that actually is a great segue into our next question. And in terms of what led your organization to want to kind of dive into safety climate and work with the safety climate team? And uh, were you aware of this term safety climate before? And Yeah, so I had heard of the term safety climate at a symposium I attended that OHSU put on like in 2016, but it was the first time I had heard that safety, that term of safety climate. It was completely new to me, although the study isn't new, is what I've learned. And I can tell you that in my experience, I didn't hear that term in the construction industry. And I thought it was really, really compelling. We've partnered with OHSU on a number of research studies with toolbox talks and, and total worker health type studies. So had this constant connection with, with OHSU and the, and the researchers there at the total worker health group. I learned pretty early on that they were looking to bring Dr. Huang on board, who's one of the preeminent experts in, in safety climate. I was very excited to hear that, that they were starting a, a safety climate lab and knew that I wanted our company to participate. I was the only person in my company that, as far as I know, that really had any knowledge about safety climate. When it looked like it was going to become something that was possible for us, really started out by educating our company, uh, talking to our safety committee about it, and also talking to the management team. Yeah, that's great. And in 2016, we did host a symposia, spring symposia on how to create and sustain a culture of safety. Just actually looked it up really quickly. So it's great to have Dr. Huang and her team here. And, and, and Dale, I would like to hear kind of your take on safety climate. Was this a term that you were familiar with prior to meeting uh, Dr. Huang and her team? Totally foreign to me. Heard a lot about safety culture in no matter what industry in, there is this discussion around what's our culture and how do you improve safety. Safety climate concept, I was first introduced to it at the CAC, which is the Construction Advisory Committee, which is a forum uh, consisting of representation of OSHA and the various safety um, professionals in, within construction. They meet monthly, and Anna Kelly happened to be in the audience and introduced herself and started talking about what OHS was do, doing around safety climate. So. It piqued my interest. I reached out to Anna and we had some dialogue and felt that our timing to engage was, was good. 
since we've been talking about safety culture here for the last two or three years since I joined the company, uh, bringing safety more into our discussion and saw that safety climate could be a, another data point out there, knowing that through all the surveys and analysis and data that Emily and her team have been performing in the past that we would have a good data set to be able to compare ourselves to within the construction space. So that really piqued my interest. Uh, earlier today, we heard from Emily and she she took us through the, the process and it gave us a better idea of you know safety climate versus safety culture. And um, it was really interesting to hear kind of how safety climate is an indicator of safety culture. So essentially a measurement of safety culture of a a workforce may look like. And I'm interested uh, to, to learn more about the process of kind of your experience of working with a safety climate team and implementing that change in, in your workforce. So it could be helpful for organizations to know what to expect through the process of working through something like a safety climate assessment. And it's always wonderful to hear um, some real world examples of organizations actually doing it and living it. And so I would love to hear from each of you how the process has been like taking us through from assessment all the way through looking at the data and really seeing that report out on that. Yeah, I'll yep. jump in here. I, I had alluded that we have done safety culture analysis. Uh, we conducted surveys in 18 and 19, and that produced some certain results and we saw that we were making some headway and some improvements based on a common set of questions that we asked year after year. What I liked about safety climate and working with Emily and her team is it brought in this independence as well as the question and answer set based on some known data set to be able to measure ourselves against uh, other very similar industry. The survey is great because it, it did give us a trend from year over year. But the climate brought in another aspect um, of how our employees really truly felt and perceived how our safety culture was evolving. So it lent us a, a sense of validation that we're doing and going on the right track. In all my roles and companies that I've worked with, safety is not a one-time thing, it's a journey. So I think it reinforced and validated the work that we have started out to do in 17 and 18 and continuing with that path as we go forward. I like the term that you use, it's a journey. And um, Emily had mentioned, it's you know really trying to take a snapshot of safety across different time periods is important to assess long-term sustainability and change. And, and Demetra, what has your experience been like in terms of going through the process? Have you wrapped up your assessment and surveying, or are you still currently going through that process right now? Well, we actually conducted the survey in January of this year, uh, so before COVID happened. And we had really very good participation. But but before we even did that survey, like I said, I, uh, we went through this process of sort of educating the company to that notion about safety climate. And what really drew us in is that the term safety culture gets thrown around a lot in the, in, in, in the safety world. You know, how's your safety culture and how culture affects this or that. It's really a nebulous thing, right? Like if you go look at how do our core values, how does our climate compare to other construction firms? Or how does, does the climate, the culture that we think we have is actually in place on our job sites? And is it in place the same way across the job sites? You can't really measure that, right? 
But Safety Climate allows you to measure, it gives you a snapshot of your safety culture in that moment in time for that group of people that you are surveying. Supposedly the most predictive leading indicator of safety compliance and safety performance. Meaning if you're scoring high on safety climate, you're likely to see behaviors out in the field and see conditions out in the field that match that robust safety climate. You're also less likely to see injuries and vice versa, right? So that is really interesting to us. And what I also like is that the the perception is not heavily weighted towards your executives. So it's not really like my opinion of how our safety culture is. It's not really the executives of the company that have a big influence. It's actually the men and women who are working in the field that that sort of give you your safety climate metric. And if you talk to, I've talked to our guys out in the field and I said, how, how long does it take you to figure out if you're on a safe job or not? And, and their answer is like, uh, yeah, as soon as my boots hit the ground, they they know, like gut check, they know if this job is safe or not. They know if they're getting the right equipment. They know if their foreman cares about them. They know if they're being talked to about it. They know if, the, if, if safety issues are being addressed. That's where we want to draw the information from, not from the executives, but from the, the men and women in the field. Yeah, that's definitely an important component of evaluating any safety program or even policy is really hearing it from the worker. And sometimes it is difficult to maybe get that and extract that information from leadership from the employee. So um, I think just having maybe the safety climate team lends itself as maybe a, a way of opening up their conversations. That gets me to think more about the process. I shared some great insight on how the process of safety climate assessments have gone for your organizations. And I'm just curious, uh, where do you all hope to go from here? What's kind of the next steps that you've identified from this experience moving forward? Yeah, so so we did our surveys in, in January of this year, and then COVID struck in March. OHSU collected the information, they had the information, they had the report ready to go, but we were so buried under the COVID crisis that we really were not at a point where it made sense to actually do a workshop and, and see what our results were until until just recently this summer. We sat down with the safety climate lab. They shared our results with us. We had several like virtual meetings where uh, we had the management team participated. We had our safety professionals participate. We had our safety committee attend. And we were really, really surprised by the results. And um, we're now at a point where we're trying to decide what our next steps are, what action we should take based on that. I know for sure that next year we want to uh, participate again and see if there's been any change. Um, and we also want to look at uh, possibly participating in the, the COVID climate surveys. That's great. Thanks for sharing that, Demetra. And yeah, Emily mentioned earlier that they are working or developing a a COVID-19 safety climate survey, as well as putting out a total worker health safety climate survey. And, and, and Dale, what has your process been like working with the safety climate team? You know, where do you kind of hope to take the next steps? And have you decided on point for the safety climate efforts that you've been leading? In the Q1 of this year, and COVID did hit, but fortunately, we're small enough that we're able to assemble our leadership team together and 
continue forward once the data was available to us. So uh, we were able to meet in April, review the results, and I think we've, we had a sense of probably where it was going, but we're um, pleased to see that the results of how the workforce felt around working for DeWitt, our attention to safety, uh, our progress that we've been making and where we continue to, to go. The analysis came back to us and validated some strengths that we felt we were on the right track, but again, it lent itself to saying, yeah, this is what the workforce is telling us, that employees are involved, leadership is committed, we have open communication on safety topics, and we're meeting the needs of our workforce when it comes to addressing safety hazards, having proper PPE available, and addressing in a timely manner. Um, but you also want to see if you've got areas and opportunities for an improvement, which we've been working on for the last couple of years in areas of improving equipment readiness, condition and maintenance, accountability, enforcement of safety protocols, and investment in our supervisors and managers and talking about safety. And this helped us also to bring in and validate where we'd already set up ourselves in identifying um, corporate and safety goals for the year. So we were able to take the results from the climate safety uh, information, weave it further into the goals and objectives that we had established for the, at the beginning of the year and look to revisit those this next month to see how we have progressed since April when we went through the survey as well as establishing our goals and objectives. Will we do another survey with uh, OHSU next year? Maybe a, that discussion will come up Q1, Q2 of next year to see where we want to go next, seeing how our workforce is uh, doing and related to safety of the organization. Thanks so much for sharing that, Dale. Yeah, it's always great to learn more about how organizations are utilizing something like the safety climate and seeing them meeting those short-term goals, as well as providing those like long-term objectives and goals um, in the future for uh, safety for your workforce. So it's been great to hear about um, your experience with safety climate and learning more about each of your organizations. Can you leave a, a little bit of advice to other organizations looking to improve safety climate and culture? So I would I really recommend that your um, your leadership team actually sit down with the the folks at the Safety Climate Lab and get a, a better understanding of of the process and then what the goals are and then educate your your entire company prior to participating. But I would really encourage you, even if you whatever level your safety program is at, I would encourage you to actually participate in the in the Safety Climate research just to get a baseline of where your company's at, right? And be unafraid of looking at those results. It's going to show you stuff that you weren't aware of. It's going to, and it's broken down by categories. So it can give you a path to focus on. And they have so much data to, to compare you to. It's very helpful to know that, okay, yeah, this is, we're right in line with a lot of other companies or we're, we're not scoring as high as some companies. And, and why is that? And what can we do? How can we improve that? Like for us, and this was not on our radar at all, we saw some differences amongst our Spanish speaking personnel. And so now we have to answer the question, is there something that we can do differently about how we communicate, share information with that group? Uh, is it a real thing that we're seeing? 
um, is it a is it a cultural thing? Is it a regional thing? So it gives us a path to to look a little closer at. Yeah, having some type of baseline measure is very important, especially on the research standpoint. And um, Emily mentioned about how there is a database where you can compare and see where your organization stands in terms of the safety climate scores. That's something that I hadn't actually had um, knowledge of. So it's it's great that that information is readily available for these organizations that participate. And Dale, you both have done a lot of great work. I'd love to hear some a bit of advice that you would like to share with organizations wanting to kick off their safety climate journey. Well, I think it starts with safety seeing a need for it, but it really is getting leadership on board with their commitment and forcing and demonstrating that this is important to the organization. Otherwise, the whole thing is going to fail. So if it's been with this company and other companies that I've been with, it's been a real strong leadership team, president on down, that's saying that this is important to the organization. Uh, we're gonna invest the time and the money to see what kind of results we get out of it. I think I walk away from the journey that we've had with the safety climate and where we've been in the last couple of years, and it's, it's continuing improvement around our pre-planning, communication, and that everyone has a stake in what we're doing. Safety is part of our continuing to, uh, journey, and I look forward to see where, where it takes us next. Certainly is a team effort, and having somebody champion that is really important. And of course, heard it time and time and again with a the theme of leadership commitment really is important and key in terms of driving the practices and policies and just safety in general in any workforce. I just want to say thank you all for your wonderful discussion um, and joining us virtually today on Safety Climate. It's really been great to hear and learn more about the efforts and dedication that you both are bringing to your organization in safety and health. And we really appreciate what you're doing. And thank you so much for being great advocates in all of this. My pleasure. Good yeah, thanks for inviting us. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you. You're listening to What's Work Got To Do With It, your go-to resource on all things workplace safety, health, and well-being. This podcast series invites you into the conversation as we discuss how our workplace conditions like work hours, occupational stress, job safety, and other issues affect our lives at home and at work. We go into the science behind it all and talk about what we can do to reduce work-related risk and promote well-being. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is a production of the Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences and the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center, and is produced by Helen Shuckers, Sam Greenspan, and Anjali Ramish Babu. Do you have an idea for a podcast episode? We want to hear from you on important workplace issues that you would like us to discuss. Email us at occhealthsci at ohsu.edu. Subscribe to Oregon in the Workplace blog or find us on social media at facebook.com slash or on Twitter at OHSU Health to stay updated on current research, resources, news, and community events. Thanks for listening.